Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, August 17th reading of the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Chief Dessler unveils strategic plan written by Pat Hill. School board addresses routine topics after emotional public comments written by Doug Fitzgerald. Months of hard work followed by a tearful farewell written by Sonia Oliver. Braver Angels launches chapter in Woodland Park and following up with miscellaneous articles. Our first article is entitled Chief Dessler Unveils Strategic Plan, written by Pat Hill. With monthly community engagement meetings, Woodland Park Police Chief Chris Dessler is getting acquainted with the public while introducing himself and his policies. Last week, he unveiled a strategic plan that focuses on outreach to the community with the goal of gaining trust and legitimacy while at the same time reducing crime. This is a roadmap for where we are taking the department, which any agency worth its salt, and I assert we are, should, he said. The plan is a snapshot of what you can expect to see as our priorities and that our vision and our community visions align. Dessler introduced his administrative staff, Lieutenant Kristen Arsenal and Lieutenant Jeff Sanchez, whose duties include helping the department engage with the community. Dessler joined the department after a shakeup in 2021 when the chief and two officers were let go by the city. Dessler's goals include emphasizing the agency's integrity and transparency, developing solid policies, and providing oversight through supervision and leadership commitment. By the end of December, Dessler expects to equip officers with portable laptops to make incident reporting more efficient. In addition, officers will wear new body-worn cameras with technology updates along with replacing portable radios. The strategic plan includes enhancing education and training. We have been trusted to give the staff the skills they need to be successful, he said. On a good news note, Dessler's goal is to offer competitive salaries and benefits to stop the leakage of officers leaving the department over salary concerns. As word spreads, the department is receiving more applications, he said. We want to change our target applicant to retirees and young people who are tired of the rat race. Since August of last year, Dessler reported that the department had improved relations with other law enforcement agencies, including the Teller County Sheriff's Office, Cripple Creek Police Department, and the Colorado State Patrol. 
We want to replace bonds that were torn apart a few years ago, he said. Along with a policy overview, Dessler has initiated a peer support team with a focus on officers' mental health as part of the goal of enhancing safety and wellness. The goals and community engagement forums are parts of building a legacy. I want my legacy to be that I left the department better than I found it, he said. The next article is entitled, School Board Addresses Routine Topics After Emotional Public Comments, written by Doug Fitzgerald. I went to a fight and a school board meeting broke out. School board meetings in Woodland Park are often contentious and always emotional, and the August 9 gathering was no exception, at least during the public comment portion. The line outside the district's administrative offices had 25 people in it by 5 p.m., a full hour prior to the scheduled start time. It had reached 38 people by 5.15 p.m. Aspiring school board candidates Seth Bryant and Keegan Barkley took advantage of the growing crowd by soliciting signatures to make the candidacies official. Some in the line said they some in the line said their early arrival was in response to a May 10 meeting where they allege students from Cheris Bible College were encouraged to arrive early in order to provide a friendlier audience for the school board in the 100-seat chamber. Of the 10 speakers during the public comment period, five could be categorized as being critical of the board, and five were generally supportive of the board. Some speakers got enthusiastic applause after speaking their piece. Logan Ruths decried the board's lack of ethical awareness. Ruths was attending his first meeting since being banned and subsequently having the ban lifted after the ACLU filed suit on his behalf. Other speakers criticized Professional Association of Colorado Educators membership, stated that they had taken their kids out of the district worried about a lack of special education teachers, and lamented the loss of teachers. Pro-board speakers praised Merritt Academy Charter School and the American Birthright Standard while generally expressing appreciation for the board's efforts. Then started a school board meeting, which seemed incongruous in its tone, considering the emotion of the previous 30 minutes. Superintendent Ken Witt, Board Vice President David Illingworth II, suggested changing the Merritt Academy contract from a headcount model to a space-utilized model. That was followed by a minor calendar change and a facilities update that centered on the addition of a new sidewalk at Gateway Elementary, lockers for sixth graders, new bleachers, and replacement of old wooden doors. Chief Academic Officer Kimberly Moore gave an update during which she outlined a switch to a more standardized teacher evaluation system 
and explain the Capturing Kids Hearts program. It focuses on character development, Moore said. It helps staff create a strong sense of community in the classrooms, and it helps building and staff members propel students' growth and achievement. At the end of an unexpectedly ordinary meeting, board member Mick Bates made a motion to extend the public comment time to a maximum of 45 minutes in order to allow for an additional five speakers at three minutes per speaker. Earlier in the day, the Woodland Park School District announced that it has hired all the necessary teachers for general education classes from kindergarten to 12th grade for the 2023 through 24 school year. These schools are ready to welcome and support our students academically, the district said in a news release. The district has not yet filled its open positions in its special education programs. A nationwide shortage of special education teachers and support staff has made filling those positions challenging, the district said. To address this shortage of special education professionals, we are putting extra effort into recruiting and retaining top talent, the district said. We are also collaborating with the Boards of Cooperative Educational Services to offer bonuses as incentives for these roles and will contract additional support as needed. The release said the district is ready for students to start showing up. The next article is entitled Months of Hard Work, followed by a Tearful Farewell, written by Sonia Oliver. For the Stevens family, the Teller County Fair is a tradition which parents Drew and Trinity Stevens have continued and shared with their children, including their youngest child, Rody, age nine. The Stevens have a background in ranching, with Drew having worked as a cowboy at a large ranching operation in Florida. During this past year, Rody participated in the Colorado State University Teller County Extension 4-H program, through which he has garnered lasting memories and key lifelong skills through the raising of his steer and swine. Participation in 4-H involves the entire family, and raising and showing livestock isn't easy. However, through 4-H programs, the value of lessons learned provide a solid foundation for animal husbandry skills and responsibility, as well as teaching children true commitment, placing the needs of the animal ahead of their own. Last November, Rody brought home Hummer, named for being as big as a Hummer. The Black Angus steer was six months old and weighed 599 pounds. The boy and his steer quickly bonded and became best friends. They would go for walks every day, Drew Stevens said. Wherever Rody went, Hummer would follow, licking him across the face and nudging him along the way. Following nine months of Rody's feed and care, Hummer doubled his weight to 1,200 pounds, winning reserve grand champion and several ribbons in numerous other categories. 
While showing his steer, Rody was asked by the judge what he liked about Hummer, to which he replied, his confirmation. When asked what would he change, Rody replied, his licking ability. Following the judging for showmanship and competitions, 4-H participants receive a premium or prize money for their efforts. During the nine-day event, Rody's days were filled with activities, riding bikes with his friends, a fair dance, carnival rides, and fair food. For Rody, that final day of the fair was bittersweet. He realized that he had to say goodbye to Hummer, the constant companion and dear friend he nurtured for nine months in preparation for the county fair. While saying goodbye isn't easy, Drew Stevens and Rody handled it pretty well. He knew from the beginning why he was raising Hummer, Stevens said. That being said, it was his first. It hit him pretty hard. In order to alleviate the pain of loss for Rody, family friend and friend of the fair, Mickey McNevin offered a tradition to which he was introduced as a child following the raising of his steers cut a piece of hair from the tail, and make a keepsake. The same pocket knife that Drew used to cut the umbilical cords of his children was produced, with Rody performing the honors. The hair from his steer is now braided and proudly displayed on the wall of his bedroom. The premium livestock auction brought in $5,500 for Hummer, which was much appreciated, but barely offsets the $4,000 in feed, veterinary bills, plus nine months of hard work and dedication. Stevens says the kids don't take on these projects for the money, although it helps. Stevens said it was fortunate that Rody had gone to dinner with friends when Hummer was loaded on the trailer and hauled off. Upon his return from supper, Hummer was already gone. On that final day of the fair during the rodeo, Stevens said that upon receiving their prize money, Rody and his friends made a beeline to a vendor's booth selling fixed bladed knives and once purchased, placing them on their belts and riding off on their bikes. Looking forward, Stevens said that Rody, now a fifth grader, will be taking on a welding project for next year's participation in 4-H. He built the groom chute for his steer and has an idea to weld a buckle holder to hold all the belt buckles he will be winning, Stephen said. If he could see Hummer again, Rody would tell him, you did a great job. The next article is entitled, Braver Angels Launches Chapter in Woodland Park. Written by Pat Hill. Driven by the nation's polarization that has trickled down to Woodland Park, the local chapter of Braver Angels launches an introduction this month. I feel like this is an opportunity to make a difference, said Billy Donegan, who, with Holly Sample, initiated the event August 29. Founded by David Blankenhorn after the 2016 election, 
Braver Angels is a New York-based nonprofit dedicated to political depolarization around the nation. Local chapters, such as the one in Woodland Park, are grassroots efforts to bridge the divide. The idea for the launch is to prepare participants to develop skills to interact civilly in conversations. We want to be able to talk about topics of importance to open up our ears and listen to people on the other side, Donegan said. The political divisions between the left and the right have split families and friends apart. I think this gathering by braver angels is needed, Sample said. I think people are tired of the divisions. As the guest speaker, Teller County Commissioner Dan Williams will share his concerns and his hopes. I think we all know in our country and our county, lately there seems to be a lot of divisiveness despite our best efforts, Williams said. I think we've crossed the line as a country. We have a few folks in the county, too, who make personal attacks, leaving the issue and focusing on the attacks. Despite the differences among residents, Braver Angels attempts to make discourse more effective. I think there are ways to work together, and I think we need to do that in our mountain community, Williams said. Over the years, residents have come together over catastrophes. Every time we have a fire, we work together. When we evacuate and bring people back, there's a real sense of community after we've fought a fire, he said. How do we keep people smiling and working together? Braver angels can be a step to a more peaceful environment. I think we can all learn from this. Our faith-based communities, our political organizations, our governments, all of us can watch and learn and be more effective in communication despite disagreements, Williams said, particularly when we need each other. We're going to be challenged by fire, by weather, and we should stick together. The purpose of the introduction, Bridging the Divide, is to bring people together with the intention of strengthening the Democratic Republic through participation in workshops and town halls, Donegan said. With differences in ideas and philosophy, Donegan added, people have lost trust in institutions, while many are allowing social media to be the source of news, including misinformation. With Braver Angels, the strength is in the shared stories, she said. Sample and Dunnigan, who acknowledge that they lean left, have come to a point of self-analysis. We are asking ourselves how we can contribute to the how we contribute to the polarization, Dunnigan said. For Dunnigan, being a part of Braver Angels is a wake-up call. One of the best parts about getting involved with Braver Angels is discovering there are other people out there who realize how destructive polarization can be to a community and are willing to work across divides, she said. For instance, Dunnigan has already reached out to an acquaintance, Gwen Collins, who acknowledges her conservatism. Gwen and I may lean differently politically, but we 
both are united in our desire to see respectful dialogue and maybe even common ground, Donegan said. We both have long roots here in Teller County and remember a time when the chasm was not so great. Collins agreed. After the loss of my daughter, if it weren't for my faith and this community, I'm not sure I'd still be here. So to watch this town split apart breaks my heart, she said. It's time to stand up to the divisiveness with some intentionality. I'll be there on the 29th to learn more about Braver Angels and how we can bridge divides. Braver Angels Bridging the Divide is from 6 to 7 p.m. August 29 at the Woodland Park Library Downstairs Meeting Room. The next article is entitled Old Time Western Music Festival Happens in Woodland Park Next Month. Written by Pat Hill. A three-day festival signals the rise of Woodland Park as a destination rather than a passing through place. Presented next month by White Owl Productions, A Cowboy's Legacy in the Shadow of Pikes Peak, honors the city's Western heritage. The event begins with an informal jam session Friday night, September 22, at the Ute Pass Cultural Center. Along with the professional musicians, the residents are invited to bring their banjos, guitars, fiddles, and other instruments and join the jam on stage around the proverbial campfire. The acoustic jam is from 6 to 8 p.m. Saturday is the big day that begins at noon and concludes sometime in the evening. The festival is on the grounds of the Cultural Center, where food trucks, even a coffee truck, join musicians who perform throughout the day in the pavilion. To lend a touch of the Irish, Mickey Richardson's Mountain Air Celtic Dancers will dance and host workshops on Irish clogging. We'll have the wandering trepidor, Dana Roddenball, walking around playing his banjo and harmonica, Hatton said. He is a character. To keep history and tradition in the spotlight, Volunteers with the Ute Pass Historical Society will host tours of History Park. Retired U.S. Navy intelligence officer and musician Bart Mitchum will perform at 6 p.m. September 23. He is a judge, Top Gun instructor, lawyer, minister, humorist, and folklorist who builds guitars from cigar boxes, Hatton said. The man is incredible. Along with Mitchum, the concert includes Jack Bleece, Many Strings, Ernie Martinez, Lonnie Johanna, Patty Joe Clayton, and a Cowboys Legacy Band with Donna and Tom Hatton, Dan Park, and Evie Hatton Gutierrez. In a special appearance, Melody Clema, Master of Ceremonies and Event manager of the Cultural Center, will perform her routine as a stand-up comic. A color guard ceremony and a Lakota Sioux medicine woman with the Hattons introduce the festival. Admission for the concert is $10 at the door. 
There is no admission charge for children 12 and under. Along with the concert, the festival features Hero War Dogs from the War Dog Memorial with founders Ruby and Wade Ridpath. The festival concludes Sunday, September 24 at 10 a.m. with Gospel Church, officiated by Donna Hatton, an ordained minister, and Blees with Trail Boss Ministries. Woodland Park needs this festival as a support for the community, Donna Hatton said. For information, call Hatton at 719-640-8721. That's 719-640-8721. Thank you for joining us for the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.